How do you find and keep hope alive? I think the most overlooked resource for the Advent season would be the Bible. Mm. There is no better investment of your time, of there's no better place to invest that than God's Word. His hope doesn't change. This is what hope sounds like. Hi there, I'm Carol, and joining me today, Sullivan Brady, youth pastor at Brookstone Church. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us. Absolutely, I'm glad to be here this morning. We're going to talk Advent today because that's become a popular um, buzzword in Christian circles, but a lot of people don't really know what Advent is. So let's talk about Advent. First of all, what is it? Advent is one of the things that I look forward to every year because it is the season leading up to Christmas and I love Christmas. <laughs> I mean, that is my favorite holiday. And even going back to as a, as a child, I've looked forward to this. You know, the whole year, every single year, it's a, a it's a, a season that I look forward to. And really, kind of like you mentioned, only recently mm-hmm. in you know my years stepping into adulthood as a Christ follower, and even um, just in the last few years, have I understood what this season actually marks. And it it really is the season of Advent is just the the few weeks leading up to Christmas that are preparing for the celebration of the coming of Christ. And that's what the word Advent means. It means the coming, the arrival of. And, and so it's kind of twofold though, because you're preparing for the celebration of Christ being born, but you're also, it's a hopeful season because you are celebrating and looking forward to in a hopeful way what is to come, because Christ has not just come as a, as a baby to save the world. He has also promised to come again so you're, you're, you're celebrating, you're reflecting, but you're also hopeful and comforted by the fact that Christ is coming again. Yeah, and most of our preparations are stressful. Yes, <laughs> I mean, can we be honest just yeah. for a minute? Most of the preparations, buying gifts, fixing food, you know, yes. going to the parties, fulfilling and checking off all the boxes that you have to during Christmas time. Yeah. But this is a different kind of preparing and one that I don't think we know enough about or practice enough this time of year. So why do you think it's important that families truly kind of take a breath, slow down and make Advent a part of their experience for Christmas. You're right. I think that so often there's so many things that are in your mind about the preparation for Christmas that you think in very practical terms, you know, like inevitably pulling out all the Christmas lights from last year in only one of the strands working <laughs> or in throwing away. You're like, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, a, this is a spiritual preparation and this is, you know, something that you're walking through whether it's yourself personally or with your family. Um, and it's important because this is this is the culmination of the promises of God. I mean, if you look at what God promises us throughout his word, you see something very consistent, and it is that God promises to be with us. And this goes even before Christmas, even before the birth of Christ. We see God comforting his people by saying, I, I will be with you. Look at Joshua, who is leading the people of Israel after the death of Moses. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, imagine that scene where he is he is now faced with leading these this multitude of people through whatever God's going to call him to do, and now the leader, Moses, is dead. And what does God say to him? He says, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will not abandon you. I will be with you. Just like I was with Moses, I'll be with you. There's comfort there. Psalm 23, where David is writing, he says, I will fear no evil. Why do I fear no evil? Because you are with me. You're a comfort to me. And then, of course, you know, when Jesus comes, it is the culmination of this and that God says that we will have God with us. Emmanuel will be his name. And this is God here on earth with us. And then even after Christ comes, 
The promise continues. He says in Matthew 28, when he gives the Great Commission, go and do this massively, seemingly impossible task. Mm -hmm. I mean, go and baptize and go make disciples. And then he says, teach all that I've commanded you. I mean, could you imagine like Jesus spending three years with you and then all the things he taught you, and then you have the pressure of going and teaching all that you've been taught? I mean, that would, if if I were hearing that, I would be like, this is impossible. Mm -hmm. But the reason it's not impossible is because what he says right at the end of the Great Commission, he says, I will go with you. I'll be with you to the end of the age. And, And so the reason this is important is because we are celebrating what Jesus did when he came to this earth. He said, I'm with you. This is a comfort for us. And so as families, you know, this is this is a priority for us to to mark this as a season that is not just celebrating the coming of Christ, not just celebrating what he did, not just looking forward to what we are promised that we will be with him for eternity, mm-hmm. but now we have this promise that God is with us. He's not removed. He has not set us in motion and left us. He's involved. He's with us. He's not left us. He's not abandoned us. Mm. And so I think that's why we should prioritize it. It's like a, a rhythm that's been established every year for us as the church mm. to, to remember that our God is with us. Mm. And so we're confronted with that. And I think it should be a priority. So good. So good. So if someone's watching this podcast, listening to this podcast, and they say, you know, I've never done Advent with my family. Yeah. Where do I start? Is it too late? What would your suggestion be for that? I think it's absolutely not too late. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, too, um, it's not necessarily a, it's not as structured as, you know, you might think that you're like, man, I missed like three days of this. And right. what am I, well, how am I ever going to get caught, caught up? You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, for my family, it's, it's actually not something that is, you know, fully calendared out to the hour, even the day. Um, but it's marked by some rhythms that we put in place throughout uh, the four weeks leading up to Christmas. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a new father. You know, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And so, um, you know, we're just now to the point where our children are understanding this. And, you know, I look back on what my parents did, and um, they simply just attached all the things that we do to celebrate Christmas with the story of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we are trying to do. And um, we, we have in probably the most carved out time to do that is at the end of the day when, you know, we, uh, well, what it looks like for us, we don't have a fireplace. Mm-hmm. So we turn the fireplace on the TV oh, and yeah. we go and we read um, a Christmas story that's either, you know, a, Chris, a funny Christmas book um, that, you know, might not have any spiritual value, but then we end up um, in the Bible with Luke chapter two. And mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's what we read. And I, I remember my parents repeating that that chapter over and over again, reading it multiple times throughout uh, you know the month leading up to December, and even just the phrasing, you know, the the words of that Luke chapter two was ingrained in my mm-hmm. my mind, and and so for my family, that's what we kind of do. We we carve out time every day um, to to remember that the Christmas tree is here because we're celebrating Christmas, which is Christ coming to save us. Um, and then I also, you know, I think that it's important to lean on your your church. You know, our our church at Brookstone just is so good at instilling this in our children. Um, you know, with uh, the different memory verses they have, or you know, whatever they're doing on Sunday mornings every single day um, when it's December they all point to the story of Christ and mm-hmm. how Christmas is not just about, you know, what you're excited about receiving, right. um, but the the gift that we've been given in Christ. Mm-hmm. And and so I think those two things, you know, just simply carving out a time because mm-hmm. you don't, it, it, I think it could easily become another stressful yeah. uh, thing that doesn't add life to your everyday, but it sucks the life out of it mm-hmm. if you're trying to hit all these marks. Um, it's not about getting caught up. It's about 
looking for those opportunities to to attach what my child and we are excited about and attaching that to the story of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a whole variety of ways that you can really systematically approach that. Yeah. Or you can just look for those those organic opportunities that you're creating in your home. Okay, I'm gonna draw on your expertise as a youth pastor because I have a 15-year-old. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Maybe this is a little bit counseling, I don't know. But <laughs> if you have like those teenage years, yeah. the tendency is to they'll roll their eyes and, oh, we have to do this again. Yeah. So what would you say to the parent who's maybe has teen, young adult kids who don't really want to make time for this at Christmas time? Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I think that something that's really interesting that I've learned in just the short time that I've been in student ministry, um, I've only been a youth pastor for eight years. Mm-hmm. And so um, in those eight years, I've, I've learned probably one of the most overarching themes that I've recognized is that I, and I think many of us, we underestimate high schoolers and middle schoolers that we oftentimes you know just hold back a little bit to wait until they're an adult or wait till they're out of high school to really put some responsibility on them or trust them with things like really trust them mm-hmm. with things and I think they kind of respond to that sometimes that they if, if they're treated like a, a child then they will act like a child which is you know I think that that's probably some of the reason that you know they act out sometimes and when we begin to trust them with something they my experience is not across the board, but by and large, that students rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to Christmas or really any kind of anything that has to do with discipleship, yeah. when a student steps into that, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 year old range, there I think is a switch that begins to take place where it is not just about creating an experience for them, but it's how are you a part of that experience for someone else? You know, oftentimes someone else younger. Um, I think of, you know, if one thing that we challenge our students with all the time is there is a moment where you realize that you are the junior or senior in high school that some middle schooler is looking up to. Mm-hmm. And um, I think about, you know, when I was in seventh grade, there was this guy on the North Buncombe High School football team mm-hmm. that I looked up to. And I just thought he was so cool. I, I remember when I was in middle school, I drew a picture of him and gave it to him <laughs> after the game. And he probably was like, this is so weird. But he made it cool. You know, right. he, he really like, he didn't blow it off. And yeah. that meant so much to me. And I remember being like a senior in high school and looking around and realizing there were some sixth graders that thought I was cool, that they thought that this, just because I was in high school, just, I mean, it really wasn't because of anything I did. Right. It was just because of my position. And I think when you're talking to your 15-year-old, when you're talking to your, your student, that there is a switch, you know, where they realize they can become somebody that helps a, a young child not just have a good time at Christmas, mm-hmm. not just serving in the local church, or not just you know making something special for them, or not just having fun with them and investing some time, but also discipling them. And you know how can you how can you be part of teaching a young person about the meaning of Christmas? And that might seem kind of you know elementary or simple, sure. but just that kind of that kind of trust mm-hmm. of that, that responsibility that you know, kind of a recognition of a 15-year-old going, wow, they, my parents, these adults expect more of me. You know, just the question of who are you pouring into? Um, who are you making this Christmas season special for? Who is it someone that you're, you know, looking to, to make their season or make their day? Or how, who can you go out of the way to make this a, maybe it's someone that you know has a specific need. And what I think one of the coolest things that we ever did, my parents one season um, they said, hey, we are going to take a, 
each of you kids find someone in your school that you can go be a blessing to and we're gonna help you you know whatever you want to do whatever need you might recognize you go and find them and and maybe we can you know get a meal for their family or we can you know get them the the gift that they're hoping to get but they probably won't get um, that was really empowering for me I was like wow I'm not just receiving now, I am a part of giving and my parents are trusting me with that. Um, and that kind of captured my heart. It was captivating for me as a young person. And so I think that's one way to look for those opportunities to, to give some ownership to these this 15 year olds. I hope that's Yes, helpful. absolutely, super helpful. Now, if somebody wants to get started, do you have any like resources that, you, that come to mind when you start like trying to do this with your family? Because I, I know a lot of information can be overwhelming at time and like, like we've talked, there's not time to do one more thing. Yes. So if you need some help, some resources, is there any kind of place that you would point people to to kind of go there? Here's a good place to start. Yes. Um, you know, there's, I, I think that uh, my list of resources is probably <laughs> limited and um, it might even be really unimpressive. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think this, this might even sound funny to answer it this way. I think the most overlooked resource for the Advent season would be the Bible. Mm. That, um, you know, before you even go anywhere else, I think there is no better investment of your time, of the mental capacity that it requires to, to read and study the God's Word. There's no better place to invest that than God's Word. Yeah. And I would say that it's actually, it's not even going to be very helpful to, to go to those places and look for another thing um, that might be added to your list before you just create a, a steady, consistent rhythm in God's Word. And Advent is a perfect season to do that. Mm -hmm. And because you have a chapter Luke 2 is a great place to start that just it, you're gonna there's some nostalgia attached to it and it's easy to kind of brush through it but even personally just looking at this story you know for me as a father Luke 2 has changed in in massive ways in the last couple of years yeah. um, you know with my wife you know having this baby and then to look at Mary a, a pregnant young girl having this I mean just the 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 wildness of this story has it's like it's it's got new colors that were never there yeah. um, and and I think that's easy to overlook I think that you know we can go find other resources before we ever dive into God's Word um, and, and so I think Luke too I mean if you're looking for a, a real uh, concise just where am I gonna spend my time and energy and um, you know where am I gonna do that this season I think Luke 2 is a great place to start and just read it like a, an actual story that you would read it's funny you should mention that because a friend just this weekend told me she said they had to travel 90 miles and she said to me do you realize that 90 miles would be from Swannanoa North Carolina to Gatlinburg Tennessee and that put that in like a whole new perspective for me I'd never thought of that or how far they had to travel but that gave me a new perspective at the distance they had to go when she was probably 14 and very pregnant and they walked or had a, you know, on a donkey. On a donkey. And I, mean, I was like, okay, now that means so much more. So it doesn't necessarily, I love that you shared that it doesn't necessarily have to be an outside resource. It's just taking the time. I think that that's what I'm gathering from all this. Yeah. It's just a pause in this season to really, I mean, we, we say it all the time. Oh, you, Christmas, Jesus is the reason for the season. Mm -hmm. But to really take time and reflect on those things that, this season is built upon. Yes, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And I, I agree with what you're saying that, um, you know, those, that the distance, you know, the discomfort of that um, is just unimaginable mm -hmm. until you kind of 
go through some life experience, and it's different from when I read it as a as a child. Right. Um, and and certainly, there are other resources. Sure. And for us, I mean, for my family, probably the two things we use the most are uh, the simple, you know, from Zondervan, the the Jesus Storybook. Um, Love just that one. The, the, I mean. That's what we read to my three-year-old son, yeah. and he just uh, he loves those pictures, and, mm-hmm. and that's a real simple tool. And then, yeah. um, and then we use the YouVersion Bible app. We mm-hmm. use those those devotions, and there's several that you know lead up to Christmas Day or just the walk through Advent season. Um, but they have all kinds of seasons. I think what sure. YouVersion has done is an incredible. I mean, I think it's a historic mark on the the church globally, mm-hmm. and I think it's a great resource that is in the palm of our hands. So, yeah. That's a great resource. And I love it, too, because even if you don't live near your family members, you can still go through Advent Devotions yes. together. You can invite people to be a part of that. So definitely yeah. check that out. So go on there, look at the plans, yes. and you can find one. And I've done that several times, me and a group of guys from all over the place. You know, One's in Brazil, one's in California, and we are all studying the same chapter together. And so, um, yeah, I, I highly recommend that. Can I put you on the spot one more time <laughs> and ask you to do something I hadn't planned to, but I think it's so fitting. Could you pray a prayer over us? An Advent prayer that would prepare our hearts Absolutely. for celebration to kind of close us out today. Yes. Thank certainly. you, Sullivan. Let's pray. Yeah. Lord, thank you so much for what you've given us. And as we think about Christmas, it is, it is a time of reflection as we celebrate the coming of Christ. Our King has come. And Lord, this is a celebration. And it's, it brings us to be expectant because it means that your promises are true. It means that your word are true, where you say, I am coming again. And we can look forward with hope and comfort that you are preparing a place for us and that you're going to be coming again. And so, Lord, I pray that you would this season just allow us to look forward to what you have in store for us this Christmas season as you draw us to yourself and as you bring us to to think about what you have done for us. Because this is... This is what you have come to do, to offer us salvation through the the sacrifice of your perfect life, to offer us forgiveness, to give us a way to to be hopeful and comforted by eternity with you, Lord. And I pray that even as we think about this this Christmas, that there would be people who hear this who would, for the first time, put their trust in you, who have family members who would see them come to the Lord this Christmas season because they're confronted with the reality that this is what Christmas is truly about. It is about Jesus Christ coming to offer us salvation. And Lord, I thank you for this. Just personally, I praise you for what you have done in my life and how you have used the truth of Christmas to invade my life and allow me to not walk through this alone, but to cling to the promise that you show us over and over again that you are with us. We love you, Lord. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Absolutely. I'm glad to do it. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the What Hope Sounds Like podcast. Thank you for watching, and we hope you have a Merry Christmas.